This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove podcast. We continue our NFL draft preview, and we talk some major league baseball news as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP at purchase. You get 15% off your purchase. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Got great, almost summer-type weather here in Ohio, so everybody's excited. Um, supposed to be good this week, cool off a little bit in the future probably, but um, no, doing good, a lot going on. Of course, a lot to get ready for the draft here, no doubt about that. Baseball season's great kicking off there. And of course, we've got the fantasy baseball and then of course, what basketball playoffs starting, the hockey playoffs starting here before long. Uh, Predators finally officially got out of it last night, but boy, I can't believe they hung in that long being they were sellers at the trade deadline. So that was a lot of fun keeping up with that. And um, so, you know, a lot of good sports going on. Golf, we had the Masters, a lot of stuff. So I was going to ask you about that. Did you watch the Masters? How much of it did you watch? Uh, were you entertained by what you did watch? Yes, I, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I, I watched, I'm trying to think here, probably a, 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 good, a little bit on sack course with the weather and everything. So I did watch a little bit Sunday and I did try to keep up with it quite a bit uh, to see where it was going there. So I, I thought it was very, very competitive and very, you know, very entertaining, did well. Yeah, I, we turned it on Sunday morning before church and watched some of the third round and uh, looked like it was a two-man race. And then after church, it Ron Rom pretty much had control of it the, the rest of the way, uh, took care of business while others uh, kind of failed. Uh, but uh, Phil Mickelson uh, finishing up there at the top was interesting as well. A couple live guys up top, of course. So um, intriguing to say the least. It was fun. I, I enjoy, I always enjoy the masters. Uh, it was fun to watch. Uh, did you watch or catch any of the dirt race at Bristol? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I watched a little bit of racing this year. Um, I know a week or two ago, the, the, um, track race at Austin was very interesting the way they had that one set up. I, I, that was very entertaining, but I didn't, I knew the Bristol race was going on, but I did not get to watch any of it. Yeah. You're like a lot of other people. You knew it was on, 
didn't turn it on. Um, but uh, uh, I didn't watch any of the Bristol race either. Uh, I take that back. I did catch a couple laps, but I uh, didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um, but I did watch some of the Masters, and then I've been uh, dialed into the baseball season as well, trying to catch as much baseball as I can. Uh, hoping to get to a game, to, uh, let's see, your Friday night over at uh, Eastern Kentucky University. Uh, they just came off of a game at Tennessee. They lost at Tennessee, but um, I'll be recording an episode tomorrow evening with uh, head baseball coach Chris Prothrow and uh, stud catcher Will King, who's uh, destined for for a big big league future. So we'll have them on the show, and I'll uh, be playing that for you on Friday, wherever you get your podcasts at as well. Uh, we'll talk more baseball here in a little bit, but let's go ahead and dive into our second uh, segment of the NFL Draft Preview. Last week, we previewed picks 1 through 10. If you missed that episode, make sure you go back on uh, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube and catch that conversation. Today, we dive into picks 11 through 20. Next week, we'll complete the rest of the first round. And then the following week, we will uh, present our mock draft, which will be the night before the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun there as well. Uh, Dad, starting in at number 11 is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, an interesting team this year. They've supposedly shopped Derrick Henry. Uh, he has not gotten moved to this point. Ryan Tannehill is clearly at the end of his uh, useful uh, career, and uh, they don't seem to be too big on Malik Willis anymore. Uh, so is it Malik Willis? Is that the right name? Now, every time I say a name, I'm afraid I say the wrong name. Um, the Liberty quarterback. And uh, I mean, I don't know. What are the Titans doing and what do they have to do at number 11? Yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, going back to last week, I've got a chance to look a lot more to draft this week, and I felt like there'd be six defensive guys taken in the first ten, and I still think there's a good. I still think that's kind of where it's headed. So I think these next picks is going to be a jump on the offense. Um, I think some of them will be taken quicker than they probably are ranked, but I think people are going to, I don't know about panic is the right word, but I think you'll have a lot of offensive picks in 11 through 20, and I think there'll be a lot of trading in those picks. Not a lot, maybe as far as a big jump, but people going up a spot or two to get the person they want. Um, so when you get with Tennessee, you know, it kind of depends where – things are. We talked about Jalen Carter last week, and I you know, felt like he might drop out of the top 10. And if he does, then that's who I think Tennessee would pick. Um, they have no problems with taking a guy that's a little bit questionable. And, um, I, you know, it might be a great pick for him. If he slides out of the top 10, I think either Tennessee will take him there or somebody will come up and get him there. Yeah. You know, honestly, uh, Jalen Carter, Everything that I'm hearing now is saying no. He's uh, he's he's not going to make it past pick number five, maybe pick number seven. Um, but that being said, I'm trying to pull up. I wrote a uh, uh, a mock draft several weeks ago, um, and I'm trying to pull that up so I can see uh, see who I had going to Tennessee. Uh, but anyways. There, there is a, a lot of needs in Tennessee right now. 
And so I'm not sure if you're looking at it, how are you going to, what are you building for, I guess? Are you looking for quarterback or something on offense to kind of build build there? Or are you looking for something um, more substantial, I guess? Uh, I don't I don't know. And Tennessee's an interesting spot at 11 because they're very much at the mercy of whoever comes before them. So, I mean, you know, if everybody goes defense in the first 10 picks, with the exception of the quarterbacks, well, then they're going to have a great offensive lineman sitting there at number 11, and they need offensive linemen. So I think depending on who falls here to number 11 is going to be the really what, what it comes down to, I guess, uh, for these guys. Because Tennessee is not going to be able to just to grab their number one guy on their board. He's going to be off. He's going to be off by number 11. Do they move up? Do they move up and try to get a quarterback? Uh, Will Levis is a name that, that comes there. I don't think they have to move up to get Will Levis personally, um, but that's a name that's there. Hendon Hooker rising up the draft boards. Is he a guy that they love right now? Um, and again, offensive lineman, uh, defensive lineman. I mean, there's going to be somebody at 11. Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, uh, potentially there at number 11 as well. So there might be a smorgasbord of options for Tennessee at 11. I think they go O-line if one of the top two guys are still there. Uh, maybe even one of the top three guys are still there because there's another lineman rising up the boards right now. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes down. Tennessee's an interesting one because they have no future, and it doesn't seem like this draft is going to help them pave the way for the future. And that's my opinion. Do you think Tennessee has a future? I mean, they don't have a quarterback of the future on the team, right? I think they've overachieved the last couple of years. And so I, I think they're in an unstable situation. Um, but, you know, we will see. They've, they, you know, they've lost some players. I don't think they've replaced um, a lot of them. And you're, the quarterback situation is interesting. I would not think they would draft a quarterback in the first round here. Um, but, you know, Malik Willis, I don't know that he is going to be ready next year. He still may be the guy in the future, but everybody knew when he got drafted, it was going to take a little bit of time with him because of coming from Liberty and the competition that he had played against. Uh, Tannehill has been serviceable, but will that continue? Um, you know, don't know about that. So again, you know, they've, they've ridden, you know, the, the running back for a long time there. And that's probably still where they're at, um, at least offensively. Yeah, man. I just, to me, that's one of the more interesting options in the draft. One of the most interesting picks in the draft is, uh, is that pick right there. And I think that's going to be a fun one, fun one to see. Uh, number 12 comes in. With the Houston Texans, they get this pick uh, from uh, Cleveland in the Deshaun Watson trade. And uh, so Houston, second pick in the draft, and now they get uh, the 12th pick in the draft. So two of the top 12 guys, barring trades, are going to be uh, to Houston. We believe they're going quarterback with the first pick, uh, assuming that that is either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Uh, I don't know. Where do you think that uh, Houston goes with their second pick? Do they go wide receiver and strengthen their offense? Do they go best player available? Uh, which way do you think they go? I, I, I think Houston 
I think that it makes sense. They may trade out of this and trade down just a little bit and get the players still that they want and get a little more draft capital. Again, Houston kind of needs everything. Um, and when I looked at it, I thought, okay, um, they need definitely a talented player. But again, you know, Houston, as far as just fans, everyone is concerned. As I looked at it, I thought people are going to disagree with this, but the one that makes sense to me is the running back from Texas. That fits in with them. Um, it fits in in a lot of ways. I think if they, if they draft him, I wouldn't think they would draft him at the 12th spot. I would think they would drop down three or four. I think this is the ideal spot if Washington's going to come up and get the fourth quarterback. This is the ideal spot to do it. Um, and for some reason, it just made sense to me, the running back in Texas would be a good fit there. Uh, I mean, they just they have a pretty solid running back from Alabama last year that played really, really well. Uh, that's not to say that they could not, obviously, um, go running back. I think Bajan is going to be a phenomenal running back. So maybe they do go there. You know, at 12, you can get the best receiver in the draft. Uh, whoever you think that is, um, you could possibly get a, a, a top tier offensive. Well, you would get in a top tier offensive lineman. There's still going to be cornerbacks available if you need. Uh, Houston needs everything. It just seems like this would be the year to go all in on offense and uh, whether it's offensive line, which, and it may depend on what quarterback you get, right? If you draft Bryce Young at number two, you need a strong offensive line. So you might draft an offensive lineman at 12. If you draft C.J. Stroud at two, then maybe you're looking somewhere else. Maybe you can move down, but, Dad, everybody wants to move down. The question is who wants to move up. So who is Houston going to trade with to move down from 12? I, I think, again, Washington would make sense um, to move up there. I think um, depending on what Detroit wants to do, um, there could be somebody out of the top 20, but I don't know that that would make um, as much sense there. You know, is Tampa Bay, they need a lot. Is there something they're looking at there? Um, and, and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's an interesting uh, situation there also. So um, because Pittsburgh has the first pick in the second round. And that makes it kind of interesting uh, as far as moving around if they want to also um, from but there. Houston taking an offensive lineman would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, but what would you move up for to number 12? I mean, you look at who's there. You got the Jets, the Patriots, the Packers next. The, none of those Patriots could take a quarter. I mean, we think about moving up. You usually think quarterback or a guy that's sliding. Um, go up and get a guy that's starting to slide, whatever it may be. Um, I, I don't know that there's a ton of movement in this level except for quarterbacks. If there's a quarterback that's there that people want because you got Patriots at 14 who have supposedly shot Mac Jones. You got the Commanders at 16. You got the Buccaneers at 19. And you got the Seahawks at 20 that if all four of those teams could be quarterback shopping here. So those teams could move forward. Uh, you know, you could look to jump the Patriots or something like that. Uh, who knows? I mean, there's a chance, you know, the Jets are next at 13. There's a chance the Jets don't have the 13th pick. It seems like they will, but there's a chance they won't have the 13th pick. And so then that could adjust what you're looking to do as far as moving and things like that goes too. 
Um, I think Houston goes O-line, depending on, again, who falls and everything. We'll give our official mock draft picks in a couple weeks. Number 13 is the Jets. They currently hold this spot. They're adding Aaron Rodgers, supposedly. Uh, they've added uh, a number of guys this offseason, but honestly, none of them are spectacular. Uh, so the Jets, if they hold this pick at 13, what do you think they have to do to get better? Um, I would think, again, I think they would go offense and probably, again, offensive line, depending on who's there and how they have them ranked. Um, again, there's going to be some, there's going to be a couple stellar defensive people because you've got a lot of good edge rushers. You have several good interior linemen and defensive backs. So there's going to be people that people like there, but I think the Jets will make more sense on offense, uh, whether it be a top tight end or, um, again, you got your wide receivers there. Um, but offensive line is probably would be one of their big needs. All right, so first of all, they're not going to draft a receiver. Um, they got Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. They picked up McCole Hardman. They still have Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and we know that Aaron Rodgers does not like rookie receivers. So they're not going to draft a rookie receiver. Now, tight end, that makes a lot of sense. I could see that happening. They currently have Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzoma uh, there. Uh, offensive lines, an area they've invested in the last couple of years. Um, they, I could see them going center if there's the right guy, but I don't think at 13, the right guy is there. Um, and they could use a right tackle as well. Although they drafted one last year in the fourth round, uh, in Max Mitchell, but they've got Mackay Becton, Lakin Tomlinson and Elijah Vera Tucker who are set there. Um, they definitely could boost that, that line a little bit defensively they got a great uh rushing front with uh john franklin myers carl lawson uh there as well of course they drafted jermaine johnson last year so i don't think they'll be looking edge rusher uh possibly could get another guy in the middle uh to help out there or you could see a linebacker uh one of the top middle linebackers especially come off the board here they hit on sauce gardner last year with the cornerback maybe they try to do that again and uh, and grab another you know stellar cornerback to fill in uh, there as well. You're not going to take a safety this high, um, but maybe they need a kicker, Dad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no kicker, I don't think for the Jets <laughs> at 13. They they're kind of a wild card too if they still have that pick, of course, as well. 14 brings up the Patriots and Dad. This is a team that no one ever knows what's going on there. They never draft someone that makes sense. And supposedly, they're shopping their quarterback. So uh, the Patriots should take the best receiver, in my opinion. Uh, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. Uh, what do you think the Patriots do at 14? Well, I agree. The, the wide receiver would make sense. This may be one of the top two. There may not be a lot of wide receivers that have gone yet at this point. Um, so I think, you know, like you said, that would make um, – you know, the, the, probably the most sense there in some ways. You know, maybe the running back could be in play here. I don't know. Um, but, again, maybe New England would be somebody that would drop down a couple picks because, again, you never know kind of what they're going to do or what their board um, looks like. Again, there's going to be good de – in this 11 through 20, there's going to be some good defensive guys I've only I only think about three guys will be picked from the defense here, but there's going to be some to choose from. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, you never know what New England's going to do. So that's a hard guess. 
Yeah, I think Nolan Smith from Georgia would be a good pick here, linebacker, uh, edge rusher. Um, there, there's going to be some options for him at 14. Again, I think you're right, trading down makes sense as well. Uh, they like to acquire picks and make things happen. At the end of the day, they draft who they like. I think it, they're the hardest team to predict. And, uh, you know, Mac Jones fell to them uh, in 2021. Last year, they they went out and got, what, Cole Strange, I think, uh, in their first round. So, who knows? Um, I've heard someone talking uh, this week. They said the locker room loves Bailey Zappi, the backup quarterback. And so, maybe they're comfortable with what they have at quarterback. Uh, I think going receiver makes sense. They got Devontae Parker. They picked up Juju. Uh, but outside of that, I, don't, I mean, Kendrick Bourne, I don't trust him. Uh, they don't, they don't have much in my opinion, our receiver. Uh, so I could see that, that making some sense there as well. Um, but they also picked up Mike Gusecki in the off season, still have Hunter Henry. So, you know, maybe they don't think they need weapons. Um, who knows? <laughs> uh, then to 15 is the green Bay Packers. Dad, we have talked a lot about what the Packers should do, uh, what the Packers will do, what the Packers won't do. And I just want to state it here that uh, where I've stated other places too, they will not select a wide receiver at number 15. Uh, Dad, what do you think the Packers are going to do at 15? Um, no, I would agree with you on that. I think they definitely in this draft are going to need to get a tight end. But as I looked at all the talent here, they can probably get the tight end they want at least in the second round. And they may get someone even later than that. So I don't, uh, unless tight end, is, you know, they've got a guy that they think can't miss or the players they're looking for are gone. Um, I think they'll either go offensive line, tackle, if they have somebody, you know, again, they're going to have one or two, three guys. If they have somebody that they think can come in and start at right tackle, then I think that's probably what they'll take. Defensive line, either edge rusher or interior line, same way. If they've got somebody, because they've got holes to fill there, and if they've got somebody that they know can be a starter, um, you know, they've always been, the GMs there have always been very tied to their board. So yeah. depending on how they have this one ranked and broke down, um, I, I, I think offensive line would make um, a lot of sense if they have the guy they have ranked that high. I don't think they'll take a tackle if, if, if it drops, if they've got two or three guys and it gets past that, I, I don't know that they'll take a tackle there. I think defense would always make sense. Um, but, um, yeah, I would be shocked if they take a wide receiver with this pick. Mm -hmm. I think they'll take wide receivers, but I don't think it'll be with this pick, and I don't think that would make a lot of sense. A tight end wouldn't be a bad thing, but when you look at who could be left in the second round, they can probably do better. Yeah. Um, early on. I wouldn't be shocked if they draft two tight ends in this draft, uh, one in the third round and one in the sixth or seventh round uh, would be my guess. Um, Darnell Wright, he's the offensive tackle from Tennessee, has been booming up draft boards uh, here this week and looks like could be a guy that could be there at 15. Um, and even the Ohio State offensive tackle, Paris Johnson, who once was considered the second best He's kind of fluctuating uh, as well. A little bit could be available at that point too. Um, you know, I think offensive line makes a lot of sense for what the Packers typically do. 
then you look at the defensive side of the ball. They're pretty well. They got two really good defensive ends. They need a solid defensive tackle. Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be a right guy, though, there at number 15 uh, for that spot. Uh, in that range, you're looking at um, maybe Pittsburgh's Kalijah Cansey. He's supposed to be incredibly agile. He's kind of a smaller defensive tackle, but supposed to be really, really good. Uh, and then I would never be surprised if the right edge rusher is there as well, uh, because Preston Smith, we like him a lot, but his day is almost done in Green Bay. And uh, they've been counting on Justin Hollins, who they picked up off waivers uh, at the beginning of last season uh, to kind of handle the other side. So it'll be interesting to see how that one shakes down. I think edge rusher uh, makes a lot of sense there for Green Bay. Cornerback wouldn't surprise me, even though they got some cornerbacks. Um, wide receiver would blow my mind. I would be absolutely shocked uh, if they went that direction. When you talk, um, when you talk about defensive line, there's one guy I've read about that really can play inside and outside, the kid from Georgia Tech. And that kind of caught my interest there. I could see them. Uh, they like having guys they can move around like that. And White, um, I, I've seen him projected where they say he could play inside or outside. And he's supposed to go that high? Um, he, he may not, but, you know, we didn't hear Quay Walker ahead of time either, and that turned out to be a good pick. Um, he, he's projected a little more in the second round. Um, but again, he, he fits the mold as far as a guy that would have the flexibility. So it's kind of interesting in my mind there, but he, he's projected a little more at second round. Gotcha. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually listed as outside linebacker, um, but he's 285. So he'd be an edge rusher and obviously could, could move inside at that size as well. Um, so yeah, there's some options for sure. Uh, let's see here. 16 Washington commanders. Again, if there's any team in this level that, that could move up for a quarterback, Washington seems to be the option. Um, but, uh, commanders, when are they going to get new owners? That's a big question that could determine a lot of what they do. Uh, but at this point, as they sit, how do you think the commanders do on draft night at pick 16? Um, again, I, I think that, you know, quarterback would make some sense for them, but again, they could use help. Of course, they've got a good defense. You can always use people there. Um, and again, you know, you're going to have the wide receivers, the tight ends, some people from choices there. Um, so I, I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see where this quarterback thing goes. You know, again, as, as I looked, I looked at a lot of different mock drafts. And as I've heard a lot of people, I, I heard a national guy the other day say dogmatically that the first four picks will be quarterbacks. And I, I don't know, but I see that. Um, he was very, very dogmatic about that. And he had Richardson going first. And so that kind of, to me, thought, well, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. But anyhow, um, so, you, you know, you don't know or quarterbacks, because again, we were talking about last, you know, last year, what last year, Joan or the year before Jones going early and new England just sat there and got him at 15. So, um, you know, is there going to be how early or, you know, the quarterback's going to go and if Washington's got somebody they like, then it would make sense to do quarterback. Yeah, I mean, what about Brady Quinn? Remember, he fell down the board like crazy. Aaron Rodgers fell down the board like crazy. Um, yeah, 
I'm still, I don't, I'm still trying to figure stuff out for my final mock draft, but I don't think four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. And the only way that happens is if someone loves Will Levis. The only way that happens. I can see the other three guys going. Um, I mean, I'm seeing stuff that's saying Hendon Hooker goes as the third quarterback off the board, um, which would blow things wide open um, with the draft as well. So I, I don't believe that to this point. Um, but I think Washington, if they don't move up and get a quarterback, I think they go cornerback on defense. Uh, they they have some big needs there at this spot. You're going to get one of the top three cornerbacks probably. Um, the kid out of Illinois, again, is getting a ton of love uh, right now. Uh, and then uh, that's Devon Witherspoon. And of course, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, and then Deontay Banks and Emmanuel Forbes. It might be too high for them at 16, depending on what else goes on. Um, but I think cornerback is a spot to watch for Washington if they do not go quarterback at 16 or trade up. Number 17 is Pittsburgh, and it seems like, Dad, every year Pittsburgh has someone fall in their lap. I don't I don't know if that's true or not. That's just the way it always feels to me. It's like you get to their pick and you go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this guy fell to them again. They're going to get this guy and whoever it is, and they end up getting them. Um, I thought they had a good draft last year. George Pickens in the second round is still a pick that I really like, but they went Kenny Pickett in the first round. He's their quarterback. Uh, so I don't know. Where do you go with uh, Pittsburgh here at 17? Well, I, I, I think you're probably right with the idea of somebody will fall to them. And I think at 17, they can sit there and see what they've got. You know, do they have a, an, a really good offensive lineman? It's going to be interesting to see how teams rank these offensive linemen because, you know, every year you, you, you kind of hear this is the order. And then all of a sudden somebody takes somebody that's down there at eight or nine and they take them up pretty high. And a lot of times that works out. So you don't know, but, um, you know, they'll have offensive line there. They'll have, de- you know, defensive guys. There are several good cornerbacks, I think, no doubt about that. I've seen, you know, people said the kid from Penn State would be a good fit um, with Pittsburgh here. Dad, well, his dad played there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, you've got a lot of stuff. Again, you got the, you know, as far as right there, you got the Pittsburgh, you know, the, the nose tackle. The interior lineman that was ran the real fast 40 and all that stuff. So I think Pittsburgh probably will sit there unless there's somebody they really like and they move up again. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, w- w- the question is, is there going to be a run on wide receivers or are wide receivers going to drop? Yep. Because if there starts to be a run, that'll be interesting. If they start to drop, You've got guys who's going to be ranked pretty high, a kid from Boston College, a kid from USC. You've got Hyatt. You've got, you know, people that you may really like that um, a lot of people get a shot at. Kenny Pickett had his best year with Jordan Addison as his wide receiver. Pickett gets drafted to the Steelers. Addison transfers to USC. Uh, now he is a uh, draft-eligible wide receiver, and Good chance he could be there at 17. If Kenny Pickett loved them, it makes sense they draft him. Uh, if Kenny Pickett doesn't love them, then it, <laughs> then it makes sense they don't draft him. But, uh, I mean, they got Deontay Johnson, who's a good good wide receiver. George Pickens, who I really like. I don't really like anybody else on this team at wide receiver, and I think it makes sense. I think they can get one of the top guys 
you said it though. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. A lot of people think he's the first one off the board. Zay Flowers from Boston College. People love Zay Flowers. Quentin Johnson from TSU. Jordan Addison from USC. I think they get one of those four, uh, and I think they could be happy with either any of those four as well. Uh, but the storylines that write themselves, that's Jordan Addison, who played at Pitt with Kenny Pickett before transferring to USC. Uh, the Lions at 18, Dad. Um, Detroit is a uh, – this is their second pick in the draft as well. They are getting better. What do they have to do to make that next step? Um. Again, you know, they'll have a pretty talented player here at this pick. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if their philosophy, they want to get more picks and move out of this. Or, you know, again, you know, they, they can get an awfully good defensive player here. Um, same way with offense. They can get an offensive lineman here, would be no doubt about it. Um I, I, you know, Detroit's one of those, I, I, you know, Dan Campbell, I, I don't know exactly what he's thinking or where he's going to go on that. So, um, but, you know, again, there's going to be, uh, I think, you know, in, in this range, there's going to be a lot of good players, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think uh, you talked about Bajan Robinson earlier, the running back from Texas. Uh, if he's still available, I think that makes sense here. They did sign David Montgomery in the offseason from Chicago. They still have DeAndre Swift, uh, but that would be an option. Tight end is an option here as well. They desperately need a tight end, and they could get the top one or two tight ends right here. So I, I think they go offense with their first. Uh, excuse me, with their second pick. I think their first pick they go cornerback, especially with trading Akuda uh, this week. So I think that you might see them swing around and go offense here with this pick uh, with tight end. Um, and, uh, I mean, they can use other spots too, but that, that seems to make sense to me, uh, here. Um, let's see here. 19 is Tampa. Uh, do we know anything about the Buccaneers? <laughs> I mean, other than now they're kind of lost without Tom Brady. Devin White says, I want out, uh, wants a trade. So they might be looking for defensive help. Um, that might help them acquire more first round picks even. So, I mean, what do, what do they do? Uh, they don't go wide receiver, you wouldn't think. Uh, outside of that, it seems like anything's possible here with Tampa. Yes, I think defense would make sense. You know, again, their coach, you know, is a defensive coach. And uh, Tampa's always, you know, kind of, you know, pride themselves on defense. It is interesting with, you know, White wanting to move um, from there. I would think defense, uh, th this would be a defensive pick here, whether it be, you know, edge rusher corner or interior line, uh, that would make a lot of sense for Tampa, I think. Yeah, they need a lot of stuff um, at this point. Baker Mayfield starting quarterback in Tampa. Uh, let's see here. Number, what number are we on now? Uh, number 20, Seattle Seahawks. Again, their second pick in this draft. They're up at number five, down here at number 20 now. Um, it's an interesting team. They got some real talent uh, on this team. And I wonder if they go Jalen Carter or something other than quarterback at five, if this might be a spot for a quarterback. Hendon Hooker uh, possibly could fit here at this spot. Uh, what do you think Seattle does at number 20? Yeah, I think if I think you know quarterback is a definite possibility, depending who they have ranked and how the quarterbacks go. Um, I think it definitely could be a, a possibility here. Um 
if I remember right, you know, again, running back, you know, pretty much you have the one running back they talk about in the first round, but there are some other good running backs uh, in there, and they tend to have that. Um, again, you know, offensive line, uh, Pete Carroll, you know, the, the, the loves defense. So um, I think quarterback's a possibility here. Apart from that, I think it'd be the best player available because that would probably help them no matter what. Yeah, I think cornerback is a big spot here. Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Deontay Banks from Maryland would be an option for them here. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, they got Kenneth Walker last year in the second round, so I don't think they'd take running back in the first round here. They got Noah Fant at tight end, so I think that kind of puts them out of a first-round tight end. Also, O-line is a big possibility. I think cornerback, though, is definitely a huge area of need but again, depending on how the quarterbacks go, this might be a spot for a quarterback uh, here. Uh, you know, a guy that can sit behind Geno Smith and Drew Locke for a year and then work their way in eventually uh, at some point as well. You know, you get to this point in the draft, and and I try really hard not to just say, well, you know, best best player available. That's what a lot of people are going to do at this point. <laughs> it's going to be how the draft board falls, what happens. Um, how does it, how does it affect them? What trades happen? You know, all those kinds of things. Um, I do want to talk about Hendon hooker though, dad, the Tennessee quarterback. I mean, he's rising up the board right now. Like I said, I've seen some say he's, he's the third quarterback. I've seen others say he's the fourth quarterback and I've seen others say he's the fifth quarterback is, is Hendon hooker a first round quarterback this year? Um, I think that eventually yes he will be you know the question with the injury is is he going to be ready you know if you need a guy to be the starter this year is that a possibility with him i don't know about that um but his ability and his talent is definitely one um that i i think probably is above a couple of those other quarterbacks um from there he may be the third best quarterback uh, but again, the injury has changed all of that. If he had not gotten hurt, who knows where he might be ranked um, from here. But um, well, again, I think everybody's doing their due diligence on him. And um, I would not be shocked if he goes in the first round. I don't know that he would go this high in the first round, but I'll be surprised if either somebody doesn't take him later in the first round or somebody comes up and gets him at the end of the first round. His injury might help in the sense that the team will not feel pressured to throw him in from the get-go. Um, and as a rookie quarterback, you know, it never hurts. Even if it's only four games uh, to sit behind somebody else and watch and learn, that's four games of experience of, head, you know, having the mic, uh, the headphones on, hearing what's going on and getting the sense of the speed of the game and all that kind of stuff. The injury might help uh, in this situation. And I think teams like Tampa, Seattle, even Washington, if they don't move up, are all potential landing spots for Hooker uh, because it sounds, first of all, no surprise, but his interviews, they said it was phenomenal. Um, so the issue is health and, and how you feel about that age. He's 24, and nowadays you draft guys when they're 22 or 21. Uh, so, you know, that's an issue to some degree, but if he plays till he's 34, that's 10 years. That's a pretty solid career. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where it shakes out. Um, and then the Lions made a trade this week. Former number three overall draft pick, 
Jeff Okuda, the cornerback, never panned out in Detroit, goes to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick. Uh, if I'm Atlanta, I'm all for taking that swing, right? Yeah, I I was a little surprised that you know that's what they got for him. But again, um, Detroit definitely has some kind of plan with the people they're moving and the people they're keeping. I don't know that I know exactly what it is, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they have not told me what they're thinking, um, but maybe maybe by the end of the day they'll call into the show and be ready to go. Um, I want to remind everybody today's episode is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest uh, beef jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. And Righteous Felon has done just that. They've partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, the best textured, and the freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You get 15% off your purchase. All right, Dad, let's transition. Major League Baseball. What a what a beginning it has been. Um, and the Tampa Bay Rays have been crushing it so far this season. Um, are you surprised at the fast start that Tampa has had? Uh, yes, because I think as we made predictions, we felt like Tampa maybe could drop a little bit. Now, we also know that they're very scrappy and, and they played well. And you pointed out on your other, um, on your fantasy podcast, you know, who have they played? Now, not, to, not to take away from the record that they've done, but they have not played the top team um down the line yeah but boy it looks like they're a very solid team and uh, that division is going to be quite a dogfight um you know if everything stays up there so well and you said it that we know them as a scrappy team but dad they've been blowing out people uh their run differential right now is plus 63 um they've won two straight games at 11 to 0 they did win against boston what one to nothing i believe in the first game of the boston series um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, one to nothing, but then they beat them seven two, and they're beating them eight to four as we're doing this show right now. So Tampa is they now they played Detroit, they played Oakland, they played Washington. Uh, so you know, ugh, okay, but they have done what they were supposed to do to those teams, and uh, that's been impressive. But after a week of games or a week and a half now of games. We're starting to see the cream begin to rise. There were some slow starting teams, but overall, we're starting to see the teams come to what we thought they would be. The Yankees, uh, Toronto, both with slower starts, looking good now. Um, Atlanta has looked really good to start off the season uh, as well. Arizona's looked good, uh, as, and we thought they would be better. I don't think that we thought they would be on top of the division. Granted, we're 13 games into the season, uh, but Im impressive start for Arizona too, right? And you're a, a, a Giants fan, so you're probably not super stoked about that. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with that, but um, they, they have looked really good. And, you know, they've got a lot of young players, and um, that, that could end up being a little more interesting division. Now, again, I think San Diego will be good, but they haven't run away from everybody at this point yet either, nor have the Dodgers. So, True. Very true, very true. Uh, let's see here. Texas 
seven and four. Uh, they've they've looked really good. They're on a three game win streak. Um, and then Milwaukee, you know, they were looking really sharp, and they they're running to Arizona, and it's a tougher series uh, for sure for them. So they haven't, uh, and they had an injury. Uh, Brandon Woodruff goes on the IL this week, which hurts because then they bring in a, a AAA pitcher to pitch today. It did not go well. Um, Pittsburgh Pirates. How about the Pirates, Dad? They're looking sharp to start the season. Um, although I think they're going to start cooling down now. Uh, but seven and five, a uh, little bit of hope in Pittsburgh, I guess. They did, but they got a big injury with uh, the shortstop going down there for a while. So that that may be a, a tough blow for them. But uh, they have started out better than people thought. Yes, they have. All right. Um the news came out today, I believe, Salt Lake City making an effort for an expansion team in baseball. Does baseball need an expansion team, or do we just need to move bad teams into new places? Um, that's a tough one because some of the places that are bad, you know, they have a lot of history. So you'd like to say, okay, let's, you know, change that and – um you know, bring in a, a, a new team there or, but uh, expansion team creates a lot of excitement, no doubt about it. I think for baseball, probably expansion um, is a good thing. It'll bring fans in. Um, it, it'll create a little more excitement there. Uh, but again, you know, some of these teams that you're looking at moving, um, you know, you hate to see the A's just go away and things like that. So um, that's, that's kind of a tough um, tough call there. I mean, I know what you're saying. I don't know that I agree though. At the same time, I don't think moving the A's is like moving the Yankees who moved before. I don't, not sure that, uh, you know, I mean, I, I understand the history and all that stuff. And there was a time where Oakland had a respectable baseball team, but you know, Vegas, Nashville, uh, now Salt Lake City, all interested in, in adding teams. You know, I, I say go where the fans support you. And if the fans don't support you in Oakland, go somewhere where they will. Um, and and they have. The fans have. I know they've been kind of screwed over by the, the city and everything too. But um, at the end of the day, you got to go where the people are going to support it. And uh, moving to a new city provides that support, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, all right. That's all I got, Dad. You got anything else you want to talk about here? No, like I said, it has been an exciting baseball season. And, uh, again, I think, you know, another week or two, uh, things will shake out a little bit. But I, I think it's going to be better competition than we thought. I don't think it'll just be the top three or four teams. I think there's going to be a lot of teams in almost every division competing. And that's going to make for an exciting baseball season. Like I said, it started out with excitement because of the – the uh, World Baseball Classic, and I think it's definitely continued at this point. I agree. It's been an absolute blast to watch things uh, progress, and uh, we've been having a great time uh, on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, which will air <clears throat> excuse me, uh, live again this Sunday night at 8 p.m. on YouTube and on my YouTube page, the Sports Stove YouTube page, and also on the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page, I'll be joined by Chuck Freeman. He is the host of the Locked On Brewers podcast. We're going to talk about the hot start from these young Brewer rookies 
and uh, what we can expect from them. We'll also talk about the uh, Brandon Woodruff injury and things like that as well. So that'll be Sunday at 8 p.m. And then, like I said, Friday morning, we'll drop a new podcast, the Sports Stove Local Hour with uh, head coach, head baseball coach, Chris Prothrow, and catcher, Will King, uh, who, again, Will King is getting all kinds of preseason honors. He's one of the top catchers in, in baseball right now. And so you'll hear his name in the coming years, uh, I believe, as well. So it'll be a fun interviews there also. Uh, next, uh, what are we on? Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we'll continue our draft preview and covering the latest sports news. Maybe we'll be talking Aaron Rodgers trade by next Wednesday. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, we'll see how that goes uh, as well. All right. Uh, follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you visit RighteousFelon.com. Get yourself some jerky Use that code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.